0: Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Finances, everything related to finances, it's so much a part of the Word of God. It's not something that we would ever be able to exhaust, but. I, today, I wanna, I, I, and this is the title of my message. I thought I came up with a good one, Daniel. God's priority brings God's promise. And, and why I say God's priority is because we have to put it in the right place. And finances have to be in the right place. Your perspective of finances, your priority for finances have to be in the right place. If we, if we have God's priority, On finances it will break God's promises for finances how many want God's promises for finances first of all you got to know them so we're gonna look at some of them tonight but but God has awesome promises for finances and like Pastor Sheila shared earlier God's economic system is totally different than the world's economic system we don't have to be worried about everything that's coming we don't have to be concerned he has it In the bag and he has got an economic system because the kingdom of God works when nothing else works and his kingdom has principles in place he has things in motion and he knows how to make things work and move and he had ravens feed Elijah when there was drought and uh, he had manna in a desert he still has the recipe for manna that comes to that right Tucked away somewhere, maybe he'll come up with a different one, but he still has the recipe. But I want to go first of all to the first things first, and uh, let's go to Proverbs three nine and ten. It says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new, new wine." <clears throat> so, they honor the Lord with the first fruits. So, the God always wants first fruits. God, God is. Uh, the, the very thing is, from the very beginning, we, we see that God created a garden, an awesome garden, but he had one portion that was his. And it was that tree that they weren't allowed to touch or eat. It's always his portion. There's a, there's a first fruit or there's a portion. We're going to look at the tithe portion that is his. It's his. And, he, and he's always kept it. And then we see with the offering. Remember Cain and Abel, the first murder was over an offering. Because one gave a proper offering and one didn't. One gave just tipped God, and the other one honored God. See, to honor means to esteem and to highly value. Throwing your little toony in the bucket when you make two grand a month is a tip. And it's embarrassing. Because God who gave you that job, I think is worth more than that. There's a portion. There has to be some sort of, of, of way that we look and we say, okay, what, what's yours, God? And even Abraham, you know, before the law was instituted, he gave to Melchizedek a tenth of everything he had to Melchizedek, the, the high priest, uh, the priest at that time, which they believe was Jesus uh, manifested in a different way. But, um, but he gave a portion because there was this sense of, God, you've given me everything. And he gave a portion without it even being something that was legalistic or was the law at that time. But then God instituted the law, and we're going to look at it in Leviticus, and and He says here, and so when God sets something in place, we have to really ask ourselves: Is it worth arguing about? Because um, most people that argue it don't see the other side of it; they don't see the blessing side of coming into covenant with God, understanding that that this isn't about—it's not a lottery where I put my coin in the in the machine and something comes out. It's a covenant. It's a covenant where, God, I've given everything to you, given everything to me. Now, I can't give 100% of my income to God. I need to live off of something. He knows we live in the real world, right? So God instituted it that it's measurable and it's reasonable. And so he, he said here, he says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of the value to it. And every tithe of the, herd, of the herd and the flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod, will be holy to the Lord. So He's saying the first fruits or the or the tenth of everything that you have, it's holy to the Lord. It's it's His. And 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 we when you when you have this, and and I'm preaching from a place of I've tested this for forty years in my life, forty now, forty where I've lived in. And so I'm excited about it because I know what it can do. And so, and why we need to have this reinforced in us because there's a lot of competing voices pulling away from biblical principles that are, when we're grounded in them, they work. But when we're not, they don't work. And so I don't care about your 10th. We will need more than your 10th, always. The, The church will always need more. Because we as an outreach church, we will always need more. Always, always. We, we give away 60% of our income when we've measured it out on different things that we're always doing. We are always giving that out. And we will always have more that we have to give out to. Our, your pastors are not living high off the hog. We're not living off your backs. Our salaries aren't exorbitant. But see, we're accountable to those things because the house is responsible for that. And we have to give an account to that uh, of what, how that's being used. And people are like, well, you know, you're giving to God. You're, not giving, you're giving to the house. But, but the house is accountable to God on how they spend it. But you're accountable to give to the house. And we're going to look at that later on. But, but the thing is, God's instituted this because he instituted a priesthood. And that priesthood had to care for the things of God and, and the God's house. And a tenth of that, they were taken care of. God, God did that for a reason. And so that that could be, their devotion could be given to that. And so it, it makes sense. But it also makes sense that the enemy would try to make us just think, oh, I can just give here and I can just get there and I can just kind of do my own thing. You can. And there's a blessing to that. But when we give to the house, the house has a multiplication factor and an effectiveness in giving and accountability in giving that doesn't come from individual giving. There's a, there's a power in it. And the enemy knows that. And so he tries to get everyone to withhold or just, you know, give less. And, and it's like, no the reason we want to do what God says is because then we can hold God to that and God can hold us to that. It's measurable. A tithe is a tenth. Okay? Tithe means tenth. So it's 10%, right? It's not 2%. Now, if it was me, I would have done twith. I would have done 20%. <laughs> if I was God, what? Just take twenty. <laughs> the twithe. Bring all your twithe into the storehouse. Yes, but see, 10% is a lot easier to figure out. It's a lot easier to figure out. And the 10th, so, and and tithe is a test. And we're going to look at this in, in Luke 16. It says here, Luke 16, verse 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So, see, whatever passes through my hand, God's looking at what I'm going to do with that. Whether it's little or much. And this is what I found with tithing. Tithing really hurts when you don't have money. And you have to give, you know, like I said last week, I was saying, there were weeks I, I, I made $10 in Newfoundland when we started pastoring the church. And I gave a dollar. And I had a family of five. But I gave that dollar. And that covenant... Supplied for all the other needs and God brought it through all kinds of other different ways Why because the windows of heaven were open we're gonna look at that, but it's it's a principle that works And if God can trust me with that 10 he can trust me with thousands amen A minister friend of mine has a, a church in new in New York and uh, works with a lot of people getting them off the streets in the very poor area in Buffalo, New York and and um, but raised up a guy, young man in his, uh, out of his kids club, they, they do a kids club, he anyway became a famous football player down in the states, ended up making millions. And I remember him, him, us having that conversation, Like he's like, I'm wondering if the tithe's gonna be coming into the storehouse now, because it's harder when it starts, you start making that money. Anyone ever felt that temptation? it's like woohoo it's coming in oh man a tenth of that a thousand dollars no it's like you forget god gave you that 10 grand You forgot the flip side of it and we and we do And so it's a test and he says here so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth who will trust you with true riches and if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property which What we have is not our property. We're stewards. It's God's. Who will give you property of your own? No one? No one. Look at your neighbor and say, not even you. You can't serve two masters. Our heart is to be devoted to one. One. Not two. One. One wife. One spouse. One. You can't serve Two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Not the devil. Actually, the word there is actually mammon, which is a evil demonic spirit that craves your devotion and your riches and craves to be worshiped in that way. It's with all possessions and worldliness It's more than just money. It's all the things that are attached to money. And he's saying you can't serve God and serve that thing. You're gonna have to pick. And tithe is the test. It's the test. If you're arguing in your head right now, we're going to scripture. Take it up with God. I'm just reading the book. It's not my opinion here, it's what he's saying. It says here, the Pharisees who loved money. What? Preachers? Loved money? They heard all these things and were sneering at Jesus. And he said to them, you're the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. But God knows your hearts. What people highly value is detestable in God's sight. And you know where we see this? Jesus did one example in the temple. When he came in, how many remember he whipped open, over the tables and he started cleaning the, the place out. Why did he do that? Because they were doing a, a conversion of temple tax where they, they converted money that was currency for the temple. They were to pay for their offerings and different things and, and buy things. And they were doing exorbitant interest and in, in making tons of money off the backs of people. And Jesus was like, this is what these guys were doing. And yeah, they it was... They they were allowed to do that, but it was unjust in the way that they were doing it. And so Jesus is saying here, look, guys, you highly value, you highly value, you know, your things and your position, and and yeah, you give your tithe. And he, and he says this. Um, he says here in in Matthew twenty three twenty three. Because people say, well, then we should just do away with tithe. God God wants everything. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Sounds good yeah God, everything is God's that's great but what are you held to what are you held to in giving well I'll just give whatever I want then you're making yourself God you really are God's given us things to follow to be able, that are measurable so that we can follow it and he holds us accountable to it just like I hold God accountable to the things he's promised me. His priority is my priority, but his promise is my promise. Amen. It's it's both sides. But see, but he says here to the Pharisees, he says, "Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you neglect the more important matters of the law: justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter so did he say, we're throwing away tithe. It's all mine. What did he say? He said, you should practice the latter without neglecting the former. You need to do both. And we can't just hide behind the tithe as well. Sometimes we're like, um, you know, we just, well, I, I, I threw it in, and, but there's no faith to it. There's no, there's no, Reality that, look, I'm in a covenant with God and, and this is His and, and, and we, we, we hide behind it like this is what these guys did. They gave that tenth but then they didn't honor God with justice and mercy and faithfulness. They didn't remember the poor. They didn't remember that tithing is just the beginning. It just gets the pump going. It should be more than that and not because someone told you to do it. It's because you want to do it. Amen? And those of us that, that do it and have experienced it, you know it. You don't give till it hurts, you give till it feels good. If you're giving and it hurts, you're not giving enough. You're not. You're plugged up. You need some giving X lax. Just one good dose. Get it in there. <clears throat> It, and it works, and I can tell you over and over and over again, when God, when we've hit a spot, God will give us to get more, and give more. And and when he and he, when he does it, unlocks something more for us. It makes no sense. I, you know, you can't ask your head these things because it it makes no sense. It's you got to just honor God and put Him first, and so. For us, for what I do, and Sheila talks about me with strict budgeting, I, I'm very strict on budgeting. And uh, now with automatic banking, you can pre-do pre, uh, uh, all your... So my tithe, I know when I get paid, the day I get paid, and my, I already have an automatic e-transfer of my tithe portion. I don't even have to think about it. It goes in, psh, kabam! First thing. I don't forget. Why? Because it is First fruits. I'm adamant on that. And you know why I also am adamant on it? When do you want your seed to grow? How does a seed grow? Plant it. A seed and its package is useless. You have to stick it in the ground. When I sow it, that's when it starts growing. That's when I get my harvest. So I get it in the ground right away. In my hand, ka-pew. And some pre-tithe. <laughs> We're not going to get into that one, but Donna Marie jumps into pre-tithing. And, and you know what? She's not complaining. She's walking in blessings. Must be doing something right. But God wants us to be content in everything. And, and, and I want us to look at this in Timothy. Because that's the bottom line in, in all of this. Is money has to just be a tool. And whether I have a lot, whether I have little, big deal. I, I, I've learned to be able to work with little, and I've, and I, and I've learned to work with much. And I want to work with much more. Because, because the things that we've got to see in the kingdom of God come are going to require millions of dollars. And I'll tell you, the world does not know to how to manage finances, and the church is going to have to step in. And they're gonna have to do it right if we're gonna think the government's gonna come in and do a rescue mission you're gonna be disappointed because it's not gonna work the kingdom of God works and we need thousands and thousands of dollars to flow through God's house millions and millions and so, but we need to learn to be content with God, with God in everything. And so it says here, godliness with contentment, um, Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6, godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, this is the perspective, and we can, can take nothing out of it. We got to remember this, you know, I've had my father pass just recently, and you know, you have different ones, you're seeing the past, you're seeing the whole life go through, and, and they don't take anything with them. What, what they leave is what they leave, good or bad. And, and it, but it says, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmless desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, not money, the love of it, is the root of all kinds of evil. And, and um, guys, when you look at anything that really is going on really bad in the world, I'll use the sex slave trade. That is so evil. And what's behind it? A love of money. You look at pretty well anything that is evil, follow the money. Follow the money. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, but you people of God, flee from all this and pursue what? Righteousness. Let's read it together. Godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight. Fight what? The good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you, were, you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, the things we have to remember is praying and giving are things that people don't see for the most part. Those are the two things that are done many times secretly. Most of their time praying. Most of your giving. No one knows what you've given unless you say it. Right? Right? So the secret things. But yet, you know what? And we're not going to go there for the purpose of time, but Cornelius, in the book of Acts, an angel actually appeared to him and said, Cornelius, your giving and your prayers have come up as a memorial before God. Read it. Go and don't, don't take my word for it, but I, just for the purpose of time, I can't go there. But he said, it's come up to God as a memorial It literally came up in God's face and it's like, it was like boink, boink. It kept bumping into God because, why? Because you're giving and you're praying. Come up to God as a memorial. That's how important it is. That's why I don't want to, you know, for every dollar I get, am I going to be cheated by a dime? Because I can't give that dime to God. Or I can be irresponsible and just not, oh, I don't know. Did I, Todd? Did I not? You need to be a good steward of your finances. You need to know what you're doing with your finances. We need to have wisdom on how we handle our finances. Amen? We've got to allow God to work in us so that we can become better at what we do with our finances. I came from a family that we're consumers. All of my family, my parents, my brother and my sister, all have gone bankrupt because they could not handle finances I was on that road and I would have been on that road if God didn't deal with me but I'm a completely different person now I am not a consumer I understand these things but it's God working in me but it was me putting God first starting there then beginning to learn those principles and learning those things and there's so much more that we need to learn about the kingdom of God and these principles and how they work. Because we're going to be stewarding more and more and more and more and more. But the one thing I know is the tenth is his. It's holy to him. We're going to look at this. But first of all, you want us to see this. It says, he says here, this is what you've got to remember um, in, in Matthew 6, 25 to 33. Therefore, he says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. His life not more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? The richest man in the world cannot feed all the birds in the world for one day. He can't, or she. I don't know who it is right now. They can't for one day, and God does it every day. Easy, she he says, don't worry about it. Can any of you worry, by worrying at a single hour to your life, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flower of the fields grow? They do not labor or spin yet, I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. God takes care of all these things. Amen? If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For this is what I want us to see. The pagans run after these things. The pagans talk about these things. The pagans let this dominate their conversation. The pagans measure everything by these things. The pagans, we the church, we God's people, talk and should be talking differently, looking at these things differently look, facing these things differently. But your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, let's read this together. Seek what? First. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. <laughs> okay. Hopefully that's going to be in your head. Will you leave here? <laughs> yeah, it is in my head. <laughs> Seek first this kingdom, and... His righteousness, his right way of doing things. And all these things, things will be what? They'll be given to you as well. He throws them in as a tip. Here, you put me first. He does it all the time for us. All the time. All the time. God stands behind what he asks us to do. Always. It's a covenant. It's not something that we, we just turn on and off. You can, but when you do, you close the door and then you open the door. I want the windows of heaven to stay open. I don't want a window closing because of my disobedience. Because God holds us to it, just like you're gonna hold God to it. How many are holding God to some promises? Well, guess what? It works the other way too. He's holding you to promises. I'm like, everyone gets mad at God. It's like, I, it just blows me away, people that blame God and get mad at God. It's like, you totally threw him out of the equation. You totally disregarded him and had no, and yet you'll blame him like that in a second when something goes wrong. It's like, you didn't even give him any room. So he's saying here, and, and I, now we're going to go to this. We're going to go to, we're going there. Malachi 3. Oh, Yes. Now I'll tell you why we're going there, because we need to have that in our nowhere, and we need it especially when times are tough. We need it when we need the windows of heaven to be open over our our lives, because right now there's a lot of things closing, there's a lot of things shutting down, there's a lot of things in our economy that are saying shut and closed and. And on halt and all the rest. And you get bombarded by that. And God says, the windows of heaven are open. But he says here, I, the Lord, do not change. Aren't you glad he doesn't change? In other words, this isn't changed. He says, so you descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask how are we to return? Will or uh, sorry, he says here, return to me and I'll return to you, but you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. So here God is looking at what they've, they're holding in their hands and what they are, are stewarding. And if you understand the history of the church here or of uh, the children of Israel, they were they were withholding portions of the tithe and they were um, explaining it away in certain things. Well, I do this and that covers part of the tenth, And they weren't bringing it to the temple. They weren't bringing it to the house of God anymore. And they were bringing only portions and they were kind of just missing different parts and they got just kind of lazy. And God's like, He's having to remind them, guys, guys, you're, you've forgotten. A tenth is mine. And offerings are mine. And when someone says, you're robbing me, how many know you can't rob someone if it's not theirs? So when God says, you're robbing me of the tithe, the tithe isn't yours. So for me, one of the biggest reasons I tithe is I don't want to get to the throne and then find out I robbed God. I'm sorry. I won't rob my neighbor. I'm not going to rob God. But people are like, just kind of brush it off. But this is God saying this. That's pretty strong words. But we can't rob him if it's not his. And so, you know, people say, God can do everything. No, God can't do everything. God can't make you pay your tithes. God can't make you keep your covenant with him. That's your choice. That's my choice. And I love this. He puts a test in it. And he says here, he says, you're robbing me. Tithes and offerings. It says, and you're, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Then he says, bring the whole tithe. See, not just a part of it, not a tip. The whole tithe into what? The storehouse. Again, it's the storehouse. It's not just giving. If people say, well, you know, you, you, you do the principle of, of giving a tenth. Business people do it. It works. And, and, yeah, there is a degree of that that works. And that principle, just the principle of giving works. Giving you will receive. But when you give to the storehouse of God, when you give to God's system that he set up, the synergy and the effectiveness of a house when it operates the right way using those resources has a multiplication factor that individuals don't have or that ungodly institutions don't have because the heart of the church is to give amen that should be our heart and so whenever we're we're giving we we, we need to know when we give to the storehouse it's going it's being multiplied out right now we have I can't name them all but Multiple things that we give out to, and and there every month there's a portion of of our giving that goes out beyond these walls. Then there's our ministries that we do to give and different things. Why? Because we we need to be givers. That's the heart of God, and that's what makes us who we are. That's what is, is so awesome. And He says here, bring it into the storehouse. That there what there may be food in my house. Amen. You want your pastors to be blessed? Give to the house. Well, I just want you to be blessed. No, the house has to prosper. As the house prospers, we have a portion in that. But so does everyone else. The house. Let's lift the house. Amen? Let's see the house prosper. As the house prospers, we prosper. Test me. Test me in this, says the Lord. Donna Marie's smiling because this was the message, actually, first time she came to the church. Back how many years ago now? 2005. And uh, we did an outreach downtown, and she got saved there with her daughter. Or did you get saved there? You knew about the church. Right and so anyway they, they came to the church that Sunday and I'm preaching this which actually that was the last time I preached this so I, I don't preach on tithing that often but um, and I and, I, and I, I I dared people test God in this and Donna Marie took me up on the test and God proved it to her and he's been proving it to her ever since and he's blessed, 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 blessed them. Because God keeps his covenant. When we have his priority, we have his promise. And so he says here, prove me in this. So test me, and it's the only scripture where God says, prove me. He says, basically, he says, I dare you. I dare you. Do it. Do it give you a tenth i remember for me it was for me um i was in uh before i got, came up to get married to Sheila, was and uh this was a big test for me i was at a part-time job and god um had to take care of getting an apartment getting all this before i got married to her and he opened the doors for all this stuff anyway rich doctor was getting rid of all their furniture i I just there's i can go in honest on with the stories but before i flew out the week before i flew to get married to my wife i got laid off from my part-time job yay that's a great way to go into a marriage she married the dream that was it the dream (laughs) it was as good as it got yes so um But uh, I had to put money down for the rent before I left. I got my last pay, and I was $50 short if I tithed. And here's the test. I'm flying out Monday morning. I go to church on Sunday. And yes, that darn pastor has to ask for the tithes and offerings you know not going to church just before i just kind of forgot about it and just kind of you know but no and i was like okay i gotta do this because i could have lost the apartment like i literally had to have that whatever the amount was i can't remember i gave it and thank god god spoke to someone in that service and they gave me the pentecostal handshake <laughs> <laughs> Praise God! There was more than enough that I needed, but it—it's a test. So many times it's a test. It's because it, God does not have a problem with it. He, all of it, it's His. But that tenth—that's part. He's—it's he's, measurable, and He's saying, "What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? With it? How are you going to steward this?" And and so, and it's not just giving it, it's how we give it. And I want to end with this with David in the scriptures, in First Chronicles because I love the heart of David. If there's anyone in the Bible, I love David. I just love uh, just his heart in worshiping God, and loving God. He was a worshiper of God, but in finances, the guy was sold out. Now, he's a king, okay? The guy is loaded. He's got whatever he wants, whenever he wants it. And he's he even wants to build the temple for God, and God says, no, you can't build the temple because your hands are bloody, because you're a warrior. You fought. You can't you can't have blood on your hands and build my temple. It's going to be your son who's got soft, smooth hands. He's never silky smooth. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, Solomon got to do it. But David's like, well, I'm going to I'm going to do whatever I can to get the house ready. So we're going to read this account because David presents this humongous offering. And, but I want us to hear his heart because the, this is David's heart in his prayer. So this offering comes in and all the people start giving. And it says here, and David praised. Are you, are you there? Oh, sorry. First Chronicles 29. I gave you that one, right? Okay. Verse 10. We're going to go there. Um, it says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, praise be to you, Lord. And this is this has got to be our heart in giving. Every time we give, not just, it shouldn't be just this, ah, yeah, pff, my tent. You know, and just this, I, and, and just even a flippantness about it. We have to understand, first of all, the very strength and everything that I've been given has been given to me from God. And it's to be used for God. And I should... I should be thankful for that, and then thankful that I can give a portion back to him. And, like, we should never take it for granted, ever, ever. But we live in a culture where we're just kind of like, just kind of, yeah, yeah, it's my life, right? And we can just live like it's that, and it's like, it's not your life. This is the right perspective. Praise be to the Lord, the God of the Father of, of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor, they come from you. You are the ruler of all things, even Trudeau. Remember that his heart is in his hand and he can turn it whatever way he wants. Sometimes we get the leader we deserve. He says here, all things, you are the ruler of all things in your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all now our god we give you thanks and praise for your glorious name but who am i and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand and i'll tell you it was millions and millions of dollars that was before them at that time millions of dollars jewels and gold the offering was massive and he's saying this all came from you everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand we are foreigners and strangers in your sight as we're all as were all our ancestors Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand. And all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. He is pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. Honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Amen? That's the end game. Freely we have received, freely we can give. Freely we have received, freely we can give freely we have received freely we can give that's life that's life if 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 there's one thing you could get right in your whole life if you could get that right you could be we all could be used by God in a great way if we would continually live that way how many want to want to strive Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc